You're listening to the Winter Interview Series on the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com and Crest Commercial. Introducing the 8-Minute Cyber System, the industry's first truly game-changing innovation in commercial battery-powered OPE. Professional landscape can now replace their gas-powered equipment without sacrificing performance, power, or runtime. For more information or to find a Crest dealer near you, visit Crest.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. The weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 439, entitled Interview with Phil Churkin from Phil's Lawn Care. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for the questions, the comments, and the feedback, like I say, each and every week. This week, we've got uh, another uh, interview episode for you guys uh, as part of uh, my uh, winter interview series. Just a quick note, if you guys uh, want to uh, jump on and share your lawn care business journeys, uh, just reach out to me. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com, go to the contact page and send me your details there. If you follow me on Instagram, just send me a quick DM, super easy. And uh, if you go down to the podcast show notes, you'll see a send voicemail little link there. You can click on that and just uh, send me a quick uh, voicemail through uh, there. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, welcome our guest uh, phil churkin hey phil how's it going good julio how are you man that, that was a pretty long intro it made me a little nervous yeah <laughs> <laughs> i want to get you uh get you uh, sweating already get <laughs> oh i'm sweating there you I'm, actually it's like 29 degrees here in my city freezing cold it's gonna snow here in a couple of days it's actually snowing a little bit now oh really oh wow you're you're pretty close <laughs> to me i think um obviously on the other side a different country uh but you're in are you in washington state correct no i was in washington state, oh, okay so i was in eastern washington now i'm in northern idaho oh you're in idaho okay there you go yeah uh so yeah, that would explain uh, with you uh, starting to get snow, because I'm thinking here, I'm going, uh, doesn't look like snow, but I was thinking you were still uh, in Washington State. So why the move to uh, Idaho? Well, not trying to jump into any politics, but uh, it's a red state, so that kind of tells you everything you need to know. Okay. <laughs> Washington was a blue state. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> we won't go any further then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Washington is a beautiful state, <laughs> though, uh, in terms of scenery and, and all that. Uh, it's uh, very, very nice. I love uh, uh, the drive uh, from 
uh, British Columbia uh, through when you first cross the the border there, the Peace Arch border, and you're driving towards uh, Bellingham uh, and going through there. There's a a stretch of highway there that goes through uh, kind of like some um, mountainous uh, area with all the trees and stuff. And I absolutely love it. It's like my favorite drive going through there. I actually, one year, uh, because we, we do it quite often, we have a little property there in Washington State, recreational property. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually filmed that section just in, it was like in 2019 because it was like on a sunny day, you're driving through there. It's so beautiful. And then uh, the pandemic hit and being Canadian, I wasn't allowed to cross the border anymore and, and come across. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, man, like I miss going down there and all that stuff. And I had that video and I was like, oh, I can watch my video of like just driving through there. It was just like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like kind of uh, my. Some of that, yeah, some of that scenery is unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Um so maybe like for guys that don't know who you are and I don't know um, who would be on that list <laughs> because you're like sure. everywhere on social media. Um, maybe tell us a bit about yourself and your business. Sure. Yeah. So uh, currently I'm a full-time content creator. I create lawn care content and a few other various types of content. Um, some, some of that content people don't know about. Um, because now with being full time, you can't just make long care content. You got to venture out into other subjects and categories. But, uh, before that I of course was working. So way, way, way before, before even lawn care, anything, I was, a uh, I finished, uh, auto body collision refinishing, wanted okay. to be an automotive, um, uh, body and collision guy. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the painting side of things. So I was more into the refinishing. Mm-hmm. So Finished school with that, got a job at a body shop, uh, figured real quick that that was not what I wanted to do for a living. (laughs) So months into the body shop, I quit and I went and started to repair small engines. That was a little bit more fun. Uh, but before, uh, before I finished, we good. Yeah, we're good. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. All right. So before I finished college, uh, I was working as a sales associate at Ace Hardware. Okay. And so the reason how I got the small engine job so quickly was because the uh, the mechanic was not retiring, but he was wanting to get into something else um, on the sales floor. So he's like, well, the position's open. So I got it. Um, and I became the full-time, I became a full-time small engine mechanic. And throughout those years, I got to talking with a lot of lawn care guys that would come in and buy steel products. Okay, yeah. That's why I love my steel products because we we've been selling it for over two years when I was working there. So I got like, I know the ins and outs of every steel um, product. But anyways, they were buying all this equipment and they were, you know, I made relations with these guys and they were like, hey, you should start up a lawn care business. You know, if you don't like your job, if you hate working the nine to five, mm-hmm. start up a lawn care business. It's pretty easy to start up. I mean, anyone can really do it. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to, I don't know what I should charge. You know, the basic questions everybody has before they start. So as soon as I figured all that out, as soon as I had a game plan, you know, I I opened it up, but I was still working my job. This was back in August of 2018. Okay. I opened up a lawn care business and got, you know, five, maybe 10 reoccurring clients. And I was working on my days off plus on on my days after my, my shift ended. And so I was mowing these lawns, getting it done, starting it up. And in the wintertime, I basically 
had my job still, so it was bringing in income. Yeah. But I was getting some snow accounts, you know, just doing shoveling and snow blowing. As soon as springtime hit of 2019, man, I went full blast into advertising. I was doing Craigslist ads, doing every single piece of free advertising I could. Mm-hmm. And man, I, my business took off from there. And I knew that that was the moment where uh, as soon as I started making the same amount of income, if not more uh, than what I was getting from my job, I knew that was the time to quit. So I put in my two weeks. It was the scary, one of the scariest things I've done in my life. <laughs> um, but like, I remember walking up the stairs to my boss's office, man, I was shaking. I was like contemplating, man, should I do this? Am I doing it? Am I really doing it? You know, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to fail. I'm gonna... I had so many like bad thoughts in my mind, but I'm like, no, this is the day I'm going to quit. You know, I'm going to part. This is the day I'm going to put in my two weeks and, and that's it. Like I, I want to be a business owner. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm tired of working a job. So I did that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it, man. It was just like, as soon as I said it and the boss said, all right, just, you know, sign up this paper or whatever. And I was done, you know, mm-hmm. and, and two weeks, it was the, it was like the best two weeks I've ever had, you know, like I, I knew for a fact, like, all right, this is it, you know, t- 10 more days of work and I'm done, you know, yeah, and yeah. I'm out of here. And, uh, that flew by real quick. But after that, man, I, my business scaled like three X and I, uh, I became a business owner and, you know, with, uh, with business owners, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. You know, I quickly learned that I was underpricing a lot of these lawns and I was just, my business was just out of whack really. So I started to kind of uh, fine tune it. And throughout those years I gained, I think I was, I was maxed out at 60 customers and mm-hmm. this was solo. Yeah. Uh, and then I, that's when I started to create content. Okay. After I started to create content on social media, um, and I got monetized, then I started to earn income through social media. And then I quickly figured out that I was basically in the same boat. Like instead of having to, um, mow weekly clients, my income was now substituted by content creation. Mm -hmm. And so I was making, you know, a good amount of money through content creation. I'm like, I can now scale my business back. Mm -hmm. So I started to scale it back and scale it back and scale back until content creation and all the income streams that I'm getting from content creation are making more than I was in my lawn care business. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to throw in the, well, not throw in the towel because basically the content I create revolves around cutting grass. Yeah, but I'm going to switch to a full-time content creator and not run a uh, reoccurring lawn care, you know, route. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's where we're at today. Yeah, <laughs> so that's like four or five years right there. Mm-hmm. The time. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Couple of uh, points you made there uh, with um, for the guys that are, are you know getting into that. Uh, step of uh, going from a regular job to their lawn care business. And I always get the question from people about uh, when is like, when do you know uh, to go full time? Or what advice can you give me of like going full time? And I always tell them uh, exactly what you just said. I say, uh, keep your regular job until um, the point comes where that job is now getting in the way of your lawn care business, where you're, you're starting to have to turn down 
work, uh, where you, um, you know, where staying at your job is actually costing you money now, where, you know, you could easily exactly. replace that with those clients. You're turning down clients that you could easily be making way more money per day than what you're making uh, at that job. That's when you do the switch if you want to uh, go, you know, full time uh, and transition, right? But until that point, uh, do your best to keep that other job uh, and it'll make it that transition so much easier uh, because everybody's situation is different. There is no right uh, or wrong answer uh, or whatever the case may be. Uh, so that, yeah, that's interesting to hear you say the exact same thing there. Uh, and then the other uh, kind of interesting point you mentioned was when you gave your notice uh, and that was like the best two weeks <laughs> of your life. I, I always... Yeah. After that, man, I was like on cloud nine. I was, I felt like chains were lifted off my shoulders, you know, like I was carrying a heavy weight yeah. this whole time. And as soon as those words came out of my mouth and I signed a paper, it's like chains fell off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so nice. And I was just like, I'm a free man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny because you know? I, I yeah. say sort of very similar. Um, the job that I was working at previously, uh, I was working at an emissions testing station uh, for vehicles. You had to get everybody with a car, had to get their car emissions tested so that they could get insurance to be able to drive it. And you had to do this yearly or bi-yearly, depending on the year of the car. So I was one of the people that would test these vehicles. And I always tell the story that, you know, when my wife was... Uh, going to uh, give birth to our second baby. We knew it was going to be a C-section because of the first one uh, and it was scheduled. So I knew exactly when this was going to happen. And months in advance, I had asked my job for the time off, knowing that she would be uh, not able to move around as much uh, after the surgery, that it's very intensive and all that. And they're like, yeah, no problem. And then a couple of months passed and it was like right up to the day where I was supposed to like have my last day. And they're like, you can't have the time off. We had to just fire somebody. So now we're short. So you, you can't. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like I told you guys months in advance and they basically told me, well, if you don't show up on Monday, then don't show up at all. And I was like, are you, wow. I was like, are you kidding me? Like after all. And I remember leaving that office and closing the door and thinking to myself, I will never work for somebody else ever again in my life. And that was the moment yeah. that I kind of thought. So when I gave uh, within a few months, or so I researched and then started up, uh, I actually bought into a franchise for lawn care, but it was the same thing when I was able to go back and say, hey, I'm done sort of thing, right? And it's funny because I wasn't completely done. I told them I was reducing my hours to just one day a week, only on Saturdays, only because I was going to use it to my advantage. Saturdays was the busiest day and there was a lineup of cars around the uh, employee parking lot. Uh, that was sometimes like a 90 minute wait. So I thought, well, if I work just Saturdays, I can bring my truck and trailer with all the advertising on it and park it here at like a billboard in the employee parking lot with all these cars <laughs> parked around here, sitting here. You're for a like genius, a genius, Julio. You're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that for a while, just, uh, um, until again, it was like, man, I could like actually make more money now working on Saturdays, uh, than sitting here, uh, at this. So I, I I think it only lasted about six months or so uh, doing that. But uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. It was that same freeing feeling as soon as it was like those chains being lifted off, knowing that yeah. I, don't, I don't need you uh, anymore. So 
With uh, your uh, particular, like with the social media aspect on it, looking through your uh, channel or channels, I should say, because uh, you've got <laughs> Phil's Lawn Care, you've got Phil's Lawn Care Plus, you've got Phil's Lawn Care Shorts. Um, and from uh, the looks here, so on Phil's Lawn Care, uh, you've got 269,000 uh, subscribers. Phil's Lawn Care Plus, 257,000 subscribers. Phil's Lawn Care Shorts. 34,000. You've got the Think Green podcast and you've got Phil's uh, Lawn Care Instagram with 164,000 followers. Am I missing anything? Is there more in there? Yeah, Facebook, I got Phil's Lawn Care and Phil's Lawn Care Plus. And then TikTok, I got Phil's Lawn Care and Phil's Lawn Care Plus. So (laughs) I ventured out to basically all the social media platforms you could. Yeah, so I can can totally see why it's full-time now because it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just to keep it, up with yeah, all I'm of everywhere those. and each of these each of these platforms except instagram which i have not gotten monetized on there yet but each of these platforms have a payout system so if you take as a content creator you got to take advantage of these especially if you're full-time yeah yeah and uh and that's just another funnel you know another um uh, uh another platform that you know drips income so that way you can be be a full-time content mm-hmm. creator so Stepping back, um, all those like uh, two, three years ago, when you started that lawn care business, um, and you decided to film um, yourself for the first time, uh, what was it about? Like, what was the motivation? Was it already a vision to do full time um, the content creation? I don't think it was from your description. Uh, so, what was that like? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I never thought that I'd be a full-time content creator ever. I always thought that this would be like a side thing. Like I'd make some side income. That's cool. You know, pay for my gas, pay for some of the expenses in the business, Mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, yeah, I never thought that a couple of years, I think it's been two or three years now was I uploaded a very first edging video Okay, and that did pretty well. I mean, it, it far exceeded all of my other, um, videos that I've been doing. So the videos that I were, was doing in the past were small engine repair videos. Go yep. figure, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and before that I had a few channels, so I kind of knew wh- how and what you, or what YouTube was and how it worked already. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into creating lawn care content was not, not anything new. Um, I did the, a little bit of studying, a little bit of, uh, you know, venturing out seeing how I should film and kind of what my style should be. And so the first video I did, I didn't even talk. I just showed how I worked Yep. and the process of edging basically sidewater, this property that I was mowing. And, um, from that point on, I'm like, well, there's another property since this video did so well, there's another property that I know that's overgrown. And it was actually one of the, it was a new client that, uh, that had a property that was like two months overgrown and they're like, Hey, could you mow it? Even if, you know, we know it's going to take you a while. We'll pay you like triple or whatever you ask. We just need it done. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, cool. Well, can I film myself doing it? Cause it'd be a pretty cool video. And they're like, sure, go ahead. So I basically got paid on top of creating content and uploading it onto YouTube. And then I got paid from there. So it was mm-hmm. like a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. And that really spiked my income from YouTube. I made like those two videos alone 
I made a really good amount of money back then. Yep. To where I was like, wow, <laughs> this, 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 this is something. Like, I, I made like, not, I probably made like a quarter of what I was making from my lawn care business because, uh, you know, with YouTube, you're basically like a subcontractor. Yep. That's the way I see it. So they'll send you a monthly check um, with an amount. But when I got that monthly check, I was like, wow, you know, this is a good amount of money. <laughs> and uh, I guess maybe that's what sparked me from, uh, by uh, creating more content. I'm like, this can actually like, if I, if I take this seriously, because I was doing like two videos a month or something back mm-hmm. then, I'm like, what if we try four videos mm-hmm. in one month? And I did that, and then that quickly grew the income. And I'm like, man, I can really, I can, someone can really do something with this, you know? And so um, I think that's what kind of sparked the idea initially of, well, this could potentially be a full-time gig, you know? Mm-hmm. This could really uh, take me on a, on a different level than I'd ever expected and potentially put me in a full-time position where I'd rather create content around cutting grass instead of actually, you know, cutting grass on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So, so that, uh, that first video was an edging, uh, video. Uh, and like you said, uh, if you go, uh, people go to your main, uh, Phil's lawn care channel, uh, and scroll through the history, they'll see that, yeah, it started out with a small uh, engine mechanic toolbox tour, uh, and a bunch of, uh, maintenance videos on equipment and, uh, some other things like that. And then, um, yeah, it goes for, for, uh, a bit there and then you, it hits that first, uh, overgrown, cutting overgrown lawn edges for free, uh, satisfying lawn makeover is the title of the video. Uh, and that was about two years ago. And from then on, uh, it looks like your second, uh, or, or third video after that satisfying tall mowing that video, uh, just popped off at 1.7 million to date currently, uh, views. So, was then the focus right from that point on of like, um, did it click right away that the, it wasn't so much mowing lawns, it was mowing overgrown lawns was the, the, the key for you? Yeah, the transformation was what really uh, caught people's attention. And I figured that out by the audience that was leaving feedback. So I was like, you know, I, I put the video up, and I really didn't expect it to go. Maybe I, I expected it to do as well as the edging and the edging video hit. Like at that time it was like 10,000 views. I'm like, let me see if I can get, I don't know, 10 or 15,000. That'd be really cool. If this video does that, that video went to like quarter million in a month. Yeah. I was like, what? This is insane. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, I didn't even expect that video to succeed so well, but yeah, at that moment, I mean, the comment section was getting flooded. I was, I was like looking at the top comment. People were like, this is super satisfying, you know? And at that time, there weren't a lot of creators that were doing this type of content. Yeah. Now that you look, now if you look, man, there's probably like a hundred channels that are doing overgrown lawns. Yeah, yeah. But back then, there were only like five or ten of us, mm-hmm. I would say. Maybe, maybe closer to seven. Okay. And uh, not a lot of people were were... Um, we're putting out this content. So I'm like, man, I, I need to flood the market, you know, cause it's kind of like a free market right now and it's open for everybody. So I might as well go 
and create more of this content and and continue growing the audience because the audience wants to see this. So, of course, that grew the subscribers. People were tuning in, and I started to upload more consistently, like every week instead of every two weeks or once a month. Mm-hmm. So what was – um? did you notice at that time – when you were doing those videos, did you um, notice anybody else doing those types of videos um, beforehand? Um, Or was it just something like you discovered after, like after your video did well, that you're looking going, hey, there's other guys, you know, because you mentioned like seven guys or whatever, um, doing it that you're like, hey, there's actually a a market here of uh, this type of video then, and they're getting equal uh, types of views and stuff. Oh, yeah, there were there were other guys in the market. So um, at that moment, there was Kevin Lawn Care Juggernaut, Brian Shane, um, Top Notch Lawn Care. He was doing them, um, and I think, I think I started right when like uh, Al Al Blades. Yep. He he started right when I started, so we kind of started at the same time, and so yeah, there were only like a small group of us, mm-hmm. and then Spencer with us bemoaning started. I think a month or two after I started. And so we kind of all quickly connected with each other and just helped each other out. You know, we, we helped each other out with like, you know, titles and thumbnail choosing, choosing or helping each other choose thumbnails. Like what would you click on type of deal? So we were just all helping each other out. And it's not like we were competing with each other. We were never like in competition, you know, Mm. so we were all like encouraging each other. So it was, it was a, it was a, it was really good. Um, uh, really good encouragement from all these guys to kind of like uplift each other and like, Hey, we don't know why this video underperformed. Cause n- now at that moment we were like, all right, let's, let's figure out, you know, if you had an underperforming video and this just kind of gets more in, in depth, uh, with, uh, with videos and rankings and all that. But, uh, to make a long story short, we were helping each other out. So mm-hmm. again, yeah, we weren't in competition, but there was just a small handful of us and, yeah, now it's just now now I can't even count yeah, uh, yeah. how many how many accounts there are but hey it's still a growing op- it's it's still an open opportunity for anybody to create mm-hmm. this type of content so um and you'll you'll be surprised actually with some of these guys they'll start thinking that they aren't going to be successful and then one of their videos just takes off and they're like whoa I didn't even expect that mm-hmm. you know and now same thing with me same effect yeah, yeah, it's 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 very uh, an interesting phenomenon, uh, the whole like overgrown uh, lawns and stuff. I think part of the success with it is that it attracts a much wider audience um, than yeah. what would normally. Like, like I was uh, talking to my wife uh, the other day and uh, just kind of going through uh, you know my schedules, what I'm going to be doing, and you know podcast interviews are starting up again. It's winter time and stuff. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing uh, this guy, Phil, uh, Phil's Long Care. He's got this YouTube channel with this many subscribers stuff. He does uh, like just these overgrown grass videos. And my wife says, oh, I think I've seen him. <laughs> right? And I'm like, uh, like, what? Like, you don't get recommended my videos. Why? <laughs> you know? So it's so like, <laughs> yeah. she doesn't watch lawn care videos and stuff, but she's like, yeah, like his stuff comes across my feed. <laughs> right? So it's just like one of those things. I think that's the, the, uh, part of the allure of it is that it's just, it's, it does, does well across such a big demographic of people. Um, it's just entertaining. And that the whole, I think that whole transformation thing is like that big, um, uh, 
the big draw to it. Um, Definitely. That's what I noticed when I was making small engine repair. It was all educational because who really wants to see how to change or how to tune up a craftsman uh, lawnmower, you know, 6.5 horse brakes. You know, yeah. no one, no, a million people aren't going to look that up. Right? Yeah, yeah. Unless you're lucky. Uh, unless that video sits for like 10 years, then maybe you'll get up there. But um, people would rather want to watch not educational videos, but entertaining videos, right? Mm. So something that will satisfy their eyes, something that will pass time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, you know, like, like we were talking about, satisfying lawn mowing, just transformational videos, like makeovers. And that doesn't include mowing lawns. I mean, you could do like haircuts, boot cleaning, something that's just satisfying, something that's maybe even ASMR driven. Mm-hmm. So that way you can lay there and listen to the sounds of a machine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, people want to, people want to be satisfied. People want to be entertained. And of course, that drives the the views and the audience to a much broader level than educational. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of uh, there's so I think again, um, it's like anything. It's like uh, watching sports, um, and why those are like such massive um, businesses as well. Um, it's the mm-hmm. getting away from the drudgery that people encounter in life sometimes, right? The, the day to day, the having to go to their nine to fives, having to pay their bills and all that sort of stuff. And it's an escape to sit down and watch a relaxing you know, video of some guy doing a transformation exactly. or, or whatever. Right. It's that, that entertainment part of it, uh, kind of, uh, just, um, numbs yourself from that day to day that most people, um, unfortunately, uh, encounter and go through because they haven't, uh, you know, kind of found something satisfying in their own lives to kind of fill that space. <clears throat> so it's, it's a really interesting, um, dynamic there. Have you found any through across like all of your different uh, social media platforms um, discrepancies on how your content does? And I ask this because um, like I've been, uh, you know, doing uh, content and stuff for many years as well uh, and experimenting recently on <clears throat> with shorts and short style content on TikTok, Instagram, and um, YouTube, putting the exact same video every day on those three platforms to see, and with the same caption, same everything, to see how they different differentiate. And there was like one video I did where it was actually a clip from 2019, the Equip Expo, um, of showing this, this guy that was there with this Ryobi electric mower, but he had uh, built a front end loader bucket for it. <clears throat> and he was trying to get um, a licensing deal to sort of license the idea to one of the big manufacturers. So he was showing it off there. So I had this clip and I put it on um, the uh, the three platforms. And I think like on Instagram, it got like I don't know, like seven or eight or 9,000 views or something. On uh, YouTube, it got like a few hundred views. On TikTok, it got uh, 3.3 million views in like oh, a, wow. a week. And I was like, what the, he-? like 80,000 comments and stuff. And I'm like, or 80,000 likes and like 9,000 comments or something. And I was like, I, I took my phone and showed my kids. I'm like, 
does this mean I went viral? <laughs> like, the, like yeah. what the heck? Like, why would it do so good on one platform and the exact same video on the other platforms is like, meh. <laughs> Have you noticed anything like that? All the time. Yeah. And that's a really good um, thing that you're doing. That's called syndication. So when you take the same video and you upload it to various platforms, it's actually really good. You get more exposure and uh, you... Like you said, sometimes you can run into that uh, thing where it's like, yeah, overperforms in one social media platform and underperforms in another. Mm -hmm. I think what it is is, well, one, it's the audience. You got to remember that, you know, TikTok's a newer platform. A lot of younger people are on TikTok. So to some, maybe some style of content is more interesting than to others. With Facebook, I see there's a lot of older people on there. So um, for those, you kind of you, you kind of have to remember that audience age demographics are all different on there, um, and also the algorithms are different. So mm-hmm. depending, you know, maybe TikTok's algorithm is people have to watch more than thirty seconds or sixty seconds or whatever. They have to watch you know ninety percent of the video in order for us to push it to more people. Mm-hmm. And with YouTube, maybe it's like. Well, they only have to watch 50% and we'll push it to a broader audience or it's even higher. Mm-hmm. You know, so like they have different uh, algorithms on there to where, uh, to where it'll differentiate your, um, I guess you could say success of the video that you upload. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy having to, uh, or trying to sort it out and juggle between the three and trying to figure it out. And, uh, but, uh, definitely, um, fun if you're uh into uh sort of the workings or the back end of it and thinking um you know kind of nerd out on that sort of stuff um and you almost have to uh to to keep your sanity <laughs> about it <laughs> trying to yeah. f- trying to figure it out because it's like what the heck is going <laughs> going on yeah honestly that? some of my videos have done that and i could not for the life of me figure out what happened why overperformed in one, underperformed in the other. But I just say, you know what? Whatever I did, I'm going to double up on it and do it again. Yeah. Because if a video is going to perform well, then the next one that's very similar is probably going to perform just as well as the other mm-hmm. one. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yep. That's great advice. Uh, so I'm just going to take a, a quick break here for some sponsored ads, and then uh, we'll get back right into it right after this. So stay tuned. Sound. Summer showers. Dust that chokes. Acres that just won't end. Exmark knows the job of a landscape professional isn't an easy one. That's why we've crafted a legendary line of mowers built to overcome any obstacle. So you're ready to close the deal and finish the job. Like you always do. Cut from the same red metal as your Exmark mower, you aren't just good at this. You were built for this. Cress is leading the transition from gas-powered lawn equipment for professional use with the industry's first truly game-changing innovation in battery-powered OPE. The Cress 8-Minute Cyber System allows Cress-made 60-volt batteries to fully charge in 8 minutes or less. Now, professional landscapers can replace their gas-powered equipment without sacrificing performance, power, or runtime. And with a full line of equipment benchmarked against gas-powered products, landscapers can finally 
take charge of their business and make the switch to battery. For more information or to find a dealer near you, visit Cress.com. Cress, we power the professionals. All right. So how does your um, family handle your success uh, on YouTube? Is it... um, uh, any sort of like pain points there or or what advice would you give for sort of juggling um, that full-time content creation uh, with family life? Oh, juggling. So juggling business to, with your, with family life. Yeah. Like the content creation part of it. Yeah. Well, I want to give a big shout out to my wife for being such a helpful and encouragement and a supportive wife. Um, she's definitely got my back and she and I talk about every big decision that me or my business is going, well, me and my business, uh, uh, where it's going to go in the future and all the future decisions. Um, so her and I are on the same page with just about everything. And she actually encouraged me to start a lawn care business um, because it was, it was a scary jump. And the reason why is because we are essentially living paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. and my job was providing income to pay the bills. Okay. So she helped, she, and of course with God's help uh, through a lot of praying Mm -hmm. is what encouraged me to make that switch. Um, So I started lawn care and, and did all that. And then with content creation, it was the same. Essentially, it was the same thing. Um, I was doing small engine repair, and I'm like, why don't I? She, she told me, she's like, why don't you try to do some lawn care content? I'm like, ah, it's probably not going to be this, you know, the same. My audience loves small engine repair. And there, she was like, well, why don't you show how you cut your, you know, cut your lawns that you do on a weekly basis? I'm like, well, okay, I'll try it. So I did a few lawn care content. And that was actually her idea. Oh, wow. And I'm like, wow, you know, that, that really, that really took off. So, um, I told myself that I listened to my wife all the time from that point on. No, <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, we, we, we make that, we make those decisions together. And when it comes down to, um, managing your time, I think that's like one of the number one problems, a lot of lawn care or a lot of business owners deal with is, separating your business life from your personal life. It's just an ongoing um, struggle that a lot of guys um, try to, um, you know, conquer. Mm-hmm. Um, and me, again, I'm not perfect. I sometimes spend countless hours on my phone via, you know, computer or uh, just staring at a screen doing all this editing and analyzing and creating mm-hmm. that I lose focus of time. And yeah, then yeah. I lift my head up. I'm like, Oh, it's already nine o'clock, 9 PM. And I skip dinner and I skip time with the wife. And it's just so small things that I'll, sometimes they're like, man, you know, I can never get that time back with the family. Yeah, yeah. And so right. delegating your time is very important as any business owner, whether you're cutting grass, whether you're whatever industry you're in delegating that time and having a time set to where you're like, all right, at six or five or whatever the time that may be, that's where I'm cutting it off, cutting everything off, turning off my phone, um, going off offline basically, and just focusing and giving my time to my family. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have any kids, 
I think it would be a lot more different if I did, Mm -hmm. but it's just me and my wife and uh, our pets. We have two cats and a dog. And I also want to give my pets time because I can neglect them. You know, uh, not that I'm neglecting my wife or neglecting my pets, but I'm Mm -hmm. saying like not giving them enough time, you know, throughout the day. Yeah. Um, And weekends, it's like, I don't even want to touch my phone or look at anything. I do upload a video on Sundays. Uh, I really want to change that. So that way, I'm not working at all mm-hmm. on a weekend, but, uh, right now it's like Saturdays is definitely full time. I'm a husband, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to not try to do anything at all that revolves around my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and, uh, but that's, I don't know if I answered you. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There. I think it's a, a great, uh, point to get across. It can be, um, a pretty big rabbit hole uh, that you can get into. Um, especially if you, and like I said, if you enjoy the geekery of it, that back end, the analytics and all that sort of stuff. Um, for me, um, like before we were uh, starting this episode, you were asking me, you know, how, how things are going this, uh, you know, um, currently or whatever. And I said, you know, uh, how I've, you know, done for the season with lawn care and stuff. So now I can dive, you know, right into content creation and stuff. And it's actually, um, becoming my favorite time of year almost uh doing the the full-time content creation in the off season uh and i can literally exactly what you were saying resonate with the like losing track of time like i can come down and sit in front of the computer in the morning like first thing in the morning i'm like having coffee the tv's on in the background for like the news and stuff but i'm looking at my phone already uh and then it's like it can go from that till like one o'clock a.m. in the morning, uh, the entire day, and it's like, and I'm still doing it so much so that my biggest problem in the winter, because I spend so much time doing this stuff, is that my eyes take a huge hit, and a couple months in, usually by January my eyes will literally be bloodshot from just staring at screens all day long. And I literally have to go and take a break and go, okay, by January, it's like, okay, now I have to force myself outside and do something else because (laughs) like, it's crazy. When it first started happening, I started going to specialists and stuff going, what the heck's wrong with my eyes? Like they're, you know, and then they're like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm on the computer. Well, how long are you on the computer? Well, from like, you know, 7 a.m. till like maybe midnight. They're like, what? (laughs) 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 Well, I think Uh, we just found your problem. (laughs) Yeah. Sort of Uh thing, right? But yeah, I can can see how... Uh, that and it's important to stress to people because it's you know when they look at guys like you with these huge numbers and success and stuff like that it can be uh, very um, uh, you know eager for them to to try to replicate that and put in you know uh, crazy amounts of time and it's always important to remember the family and all that and and not losing sight because I have seen as well um, uh, YouTubers that aren't lawn care related, but, uh, in other niches that you see these channels that grow massive and stuff. And, and then, um, something happens and they're, they're putting out this video that's like super depressing and it's like, Oh, they're having a divorce or something like that. And it's like, I've seen it so many times with these YouTube channels that get massive. And it's like, well, like you can't lose sight of that person, like, and not pay attention to that person and give them time and all that stuff. Cause that's, what's going to happen if you start to neglect them on a, on a regular basis, just focusing in on this one thing. Yeah. I just want to add a little bit in there. I heard a lot 
of those stories as well, Julio. Yeah. And what I think it is, is the husband and wife, they not are a husband and wife anymore after the success. They are business partners. Mm-hmm. So it turns into a business partner relationship instead of a husband and wife relationship. So, and that's why marriages fall apart. So you got to be very, very careful when you do um, become, you know, successful or full-time content creator and you don't forget essentially where you started. You don't, you don't forget about your roots and um, you also don't forget about the people that helped you start and are helping you continue and, uh, and be uh, successful and reach all your goals uh, which would be more than likely your husband or your wife, mm-hmm. depending if you're male or female. Yeah, absolutely. Because what's the point in um, reaching the success like you've had if the person that was there um, with you all along is no longer there anymore? Uh, you know, it's like yeah. you're right. You want to be able to, because uh, for a lot of guys um, and a lot of people starting, their motivation in doing it is to have that extra income to have that supplementary uh income to provide for their family and and you know give their family a better life so if it if it ends up equaling in a, a breakup of that family then it's one of those things that uh you got to kind of like balance and think about uh you know the long term uh, of that uh, so it's awesome to see that you've got a, a good head on your shoulders and you know what's important uh in life and uh you've uh, you're not losing focus uh on that um have you had, because you're, like I said, I was telling with the numbers that you have on all your different channels and thing, obviously you're, you're well known, you must get recognized um, where you're at. Have you had any um, strange interactions or any people uh, sort of uncomfortable interactions with people? <laughs> Not uncomfortable, just ra- more likely random. Like I'd be at a gas station and, uh, I'd be walking out the door and I hold the door for a guy that's coming in. He's like, Hey, aren't you that, uh, you're Phil, right? Aren't you that YouTuber that just cuts lawns around here? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, but I'm like in regular clothes, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like shorts and a random Adidas t-shirt or something. And, uh, they recognize me because I, I put my face out there. I don't put like a mask on or I, I talk in front of the camera. And that's also one thing that I always kind of encourage people is, don't be afraid to put your face out there. So that way people can, you know, put a, put a face to the name, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, uh, but some, some people are like, I don't want to talk in front of the camera. I'm too shy. That's okay. You know, we all start somewhere, but eventually yeah. you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just break. It'll just break. And, and, and eventually you'll put, you know, you'll start talking like vlog style. And, uh, and so that way people are like, you know, so that way also you can build a loyal audience and uh, people will actually know who they're talking to in the comment section. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I've had I've had many encounters. I've go to GIE or Equip Expo, and people are like, "Hey, we recognize you from your videos, and mm-hmm. you know, we, we love your videos and stuff like that." And also, random yeah, people in the, in the city. People actually have reached out to me on Facebook, and they're like, "Hey, we'd love to get you lunch." And mm-hmm. I was always like, uh, yeah. "I don't know about that." You know, I kind of. <laughs> kind of worried about my personal safety from that yeah. point on. I'm like, Hey, you know, I gotta, I gotta kind of be apologetic in a way and just say, I'm thank you so much for the, uh, for your, um, for your kindness. But unfortunately I'll have to decline because mm-hmm. you never know. People will like invite you for tea or coffee 
and you're going into a random person's house and you never know what could happen. So I'm like, ah, I want to keep my distance, but if we run into each other, you know, Hey, say hello, I'll say hello. And, uh, we'll go from that point on. But yeah, yeah. very, very good advice. I even do that with regular clients, <laughs> even ones that are like long-term yeah, and that yeah. know me a long time. And they're like, you know, invite yeah. me in. Come or, on in. Yeah. And yeah. I'm always like, um, eh, well, you know, I was just say, Oh, you know, my, my boots are really dirty and stuff. I don't want to, you know, think, cause I'm always thinking like, um, you know, like, uh, my wife doesn't know where I am, like, like exactly so, sort of thing, like, exactly. what, right, what happens if something happens, and then it's like, you know, so I'm like, no, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll stay out here. Um, you gave a good uh, sort of uh, insight there about showing your face on videos and stuff. What would be your advice for somebody like that? Because again, like your videos, if you people scroll through, they'll see that you did those videos where it's just your hands in the beginning. Uh, and then slowly you kind of you know, work up to filming yourself. Um, and it's interesting because uh, I think with lawn care and stuff as well, it's a completely different dynamic. There's so much going on depending on um where you're at uh because you're outside you're in public there's other people around um there could be other factors that you worry about like for me in certain areas where i'm working uh, there's like one neighborhood in particular that i might work in and i'm like <clears throat> um you know, I'm on a noisy piece of equipment. I'm not putting a camera on a tripod here because I'll turn around and the camera will be gone. Like, <laughs> like some, yeah. somebody yep. will walk off with the camera. So, so I'm always trying to, you know, put the cameras in more inconspicuous areas so they're not completely visible uh, for that kind of uh, fact. But what would you say with somebody with that, about filming in public, filming themselves? Um, I remember asking Brian's lawn maintenance this question, uh, just um, texting him one time and I said, how do you get over? Cause I'm struggling with this filming myself in public and just people watching me, uh, film myself. How do you get over that? And he said, uh, the moment I realized that those people aren't paying my bills, uh, was the moment that it clicked for me that it doesn't matter that people are watching you, right? What matters is what I'm doing for my family. And, and then it kind of clicked for me like, yeah, like, well, who cares? Like what people think. So what would you say uh, when it comes to that and filming yourself? That's actually a really good thing. I'd never even thought about it that way, but yeah, those people don't pay your bills. Why should you care? That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll give, I'll give Brian that. <laughs> um, for me. So starting way, way back, um, these videos don't exist anymore, but I was doing small engine repair on a different channel. Yeah. And I didn't even know how to talk, Julio. I did not know what to say. I just knew how to do it. Mm -hmm. So what I did was kind of like what you said. I just showed my hands and my, I didn't even show myself really, but I just showed how to repair, you know, how to put a string trimmer head on a, tr on a steel string trimmer. Mm -hmm. Right. I just showed the process. I didn't say one thing. I didn't have any text on the screen, man. It was like, I, I didn't know what to say. I always yeah, think yeah. it was like a stumbling block that I never even knew how to jump over. Um, and then uh, my, my mouth started to open. And then of course I started to talk and that kind of was a, was, it wasn't a problem, but it was a struggle for me because I was always saying like, um, uh, mm -hmm. like, I didn't, I was just falling apart, right? When I was speaking, but it helped me to build confidence and to build kind of a structure of how to present, um, a repair. Yeah. So go from the beginning and go to the end and build a little story during that time. You know, not like a 
fairy tale story, but kind of the process mm-hmm. throughout the time. And just say a few things, show how to do it, say a few things, and that's it. And as soon as I got into the rhythm of that, then I'm like, okay, well, now I can present myself and actually put a face to the name. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. And of course, that, man, I probably recorded a intro like 50 different times, you know, like you'd call up, hit the record, go in front of it and say, hey guys, welcome back to the channel. And you like mess up and you're like, oh. And you're like, you'd be, I'd, I'd still be nervous, you know? So that would take like 50 times in order to perfect. And then from that point on, it was the same thing. So instead of learning how to talk, I would learn how to actually be comfortable in front of the camera and mm-hmm. putting my face out there. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that, uh, as soon as I got a hang of that, then it was like, you know, hey, this is second nature to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll throw the camera up. Hey, guys, what's up? And I will not care with whoever is around me because this is what I do for a living. You yeah, know, I'm yeah. a content creator. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Sometimes I still get like, people that I think are giving me funny looks, but in reality, they do not care. Yeah. Yeah. And you will probably never meet them ever again. And so it doesn't matter if you're, you know, filming yourself in public. Uh, those people do not care. They truly do not care mm-hmm. less about someone with a camera that's recording themselves mm-hmm. and who knows what they're doing. It's not like they know for a fact you're doing this for YouTube. You might be, you know, video chatting with a family member, just, you know, people think differently. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, sometimes when I, when I see people like, uh, having a face or having a camera in front of them, I sometimes feel, or a phone in front of them. I sometimes feel like they're FaceTiming people. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave them alone. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get in their business. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's... So that's, that's kind of what you have to think of when recording yourself in public. Just that's people just do not care. And yeah, they yeah. actually want to leave you alone instead of being, in the shot yeah interrupting yeah yeah no that's a great point uh, i think a lot of people um get into their own heads about it um and i was like this for many years in fact um even with my best friend from like uh elementary school grade one we've been best friends um and uh, for like over 45 years and he didn't know until recently that i did a podcast and i've been doing this for like eight years and youtube channel and all that stuff and i finally told him and it's just i think you go through your your um your own head even my brother and sister didn't know and uh i just kept it from them and uh it was just kind of this thing you know you kind of feel embarrassed or whatever the case may you just go through all these stories in your head uh, about it and um yep. <clears throat> then when you know i think it was my brother that kind of uh he came across one of my videos and that's what's happening more and more often with family members and neighbors and things like that they're like hey i saw your video on this and hey i was looking on how to do this and your video popped up and all this stuff and uh, it's over um overwhelmingly positive feedback that you're getting from that. It's awesome that you're like doing that. Like, I can't believe I would never have the courage to be able to do something like that. That's so cool that you do that. And so I've become more bolder and not caring anymore about that going that people don't care. Um, you know, yeah. Even this morning, um, again, I was talking to my uh, daughter uh, and uh, telling her, hey, I'm, I'm going to be doing an interview at 930. Um I'm interviewing this uh, guy, Phil. He's got this, uh, you know, big, same thing, kind of like what I was uh, uh, talking with my wife about the other day. And then uh, my daughter asked me, how many uh, YouTube followers do you, or subscribers do you have? And I was like, 
this is my daughter. Like, she doesn't even look at my kids. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> sort of thing, yeah. right? It, it's just like in your own head about the these things. So, um, yeah, you just got to go out there and do it. And I think your biggest enemy for people thinking about it is themselves, is uh, uh, the stories that exactly. they, the stories that they tell uh, themselves. Um, uh, what would you say now that you've been doing this a while here, you've got some pretty consistent success with the videos and stuff. Um, what do you put any emphasis, um, in things like thumbnails and titles and things like that? Do you, do you pay uh, a lot of attention to that? Um, or do you just at this point, uh, because of the amount of, uh, subscribers and stuff you have, it's not so much of an issue anymore for discovery. Uh, it actually does make a difference. And I've done some studying on it with my own videos, done some channel or sorry. Um, Oh, what is it called? Just some A and B tests. So okay. you take thumbnail A and you, um, you push it live, you know, when you push the video live yep. and you just let it play out for a couple of days, then you write down your, um, you know, you click through rate. If that's what you're, um, you know, wanting to figure out to change or to increase, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. or it could decrease in that matter. But after a couple of days, write that information down and then run a, run your B thumbnail and just see which one outperforms the other. And I don't do that to all of my videos. I probably should mm-hmm. to kind of take things to the next level, but it's just time consuming. Mm-hmm. And we put out so much content out there that, yeah, like you said, sometimes it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, for my long form videos, I definitely try to do that. There's just some thumbnails, like in the lawn care niche, you want to, this is just some, some quick advice for everybody. <laughs> if you're getting into this, you want to show like, uh, the craziest overgrown lawn that, you know, the, the house is being taken over by a bunch of like, uh, tree branches and grasses growing all up over the house and everything like that. People want to click on that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you also got you, you have to put yourself and if you don't have a shot like that, now you're watching your whole video and you got to think to yourself, if I was the viewer, where, at what point in time in this whole video would I click? Like what catches my eye the most? Mm-hmm. Is it when I'm like at a certain point in time where it's like, Whoa, like if that was a thumbnail, I'd click on it. Yeah, yeah. You kind of have to play it, play it by the eye and just say, that's where I'd click. Yeah. If that was a thumbnail, I'd click on that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do with, with some of my videos. Like if I don't have a really good like before shot, not the after shot, don't do, don't ever do after shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they don't perform as well. But it's either a before shot or somewhere where I have watched my whole video and said to myself, that's where I'd click. And I'd get my wife's advice. And I'd also go to like the group that we have. And I'd be like, Hey guys, you know, I'm really having some trouble with finding a thumbnail. Would you do a, would you do B? Which one would you click on? Mm -hmm. And they'd give their opinion on which one they'd click on. And then I'd run a test Mm -hmm. and then just see, okay, which one would perform. So Mm -hmm. you can really dive deep into this whole thing. Um, but again, Diving deep requires a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, you know, you spend, like, you look up and it's 1 a.m. and you're like, I did all this just for numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. It, it does take a lot of time to kind of run some tests and if you're into that yeah, um, kind of thing. Yeah, because I've been hearing, like, this trend of um, the 
uh, thumbnails being um, like literally almost more important than video. Of course, the video has to be good and it has to retain the watch time of people to keep them on. If you want to grow that channel and have YouTube, um, you know, push it out to more people, but that uh, click through rate of is so important. Uh, so a lot of people are now like when you um, follow like the YouTube gurus, they're starting to uh, talk about almost uh, designing your thumbnail first before you even film the video uh, to think about that uh, as your starting off point instead of the other way around. Um, uh, to kind of go uh, with that because it's so important to actually get that click in the first place uh, of uh, going. So I thought that was uh, kind of interesting. And it's neat that um, I think YouTube is rolling out A-B testing uh, for um, videos. Uh, I'm not sure what the timeline is, but uh, it's a feature that will be coming. So you'll be able to load up two different thumbnails uh, for each video and then it, they will automatically put it out with both thumbnails and see how it goes and report back to which one's doing better and then you can um you know go with the whatever thumbnails getting the most clicks or the most thing on the same video so uh that uh, would be a, a, yeah. very, a very cool uh, uh feature uh coming out so with the overgrown lawns and and that sort of thing so how do you find the lawns in the first place are you just like driving around the, your city looking for lawns how do you find so many lawns to sustain content for the entire year a lot of driving a lot of scouting um i'm literally going from street to street in the spring summer time and scoping out every single property that i can do and sometimes like i'll spend two hours trying to find a property and then i do and I go knock on the door and they don't want it done. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> like I spent two hours, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> find something, I find it and then they don't want it done. I'm like, oh. so it's very like, I don't know for us, like denial is kind of a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just making people to say yes is super hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just people are just so skeptical and they're like, eh, I don't believe you. And you even show them like, I've literally done properties around your house, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's all legit. Like, you don't pay a penny. Like, mm-hmm. I don't charge for my work. Um, so that's how I'm... So now being a full-time content creator, that's what I have to do. It's part of the whole process is to scout and find these properties and write them down and find, like, potential properties, too. Like, if you see something that's like, okay, it's not super tall, but I feel like it's going to get tall, you write down that address. And wait. And... <laughs> And wait, yeah, exactly. And now you've got an address. Now you got a potential video uh, opportunity or a property that could be a potential video opportunity. And also, I'll go so far deep into finding, like, if, if there's a property that's abandoned, I know for a fact it's abandoned, I'll go so far into finding who the property owner is through, a, uh, through the county search mm-hmm. and locating the owner. Like, they don't share phone numbers mm-hmm. in our county but they will say like their full name mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll look them up on like Facebook and hope that it's them and reach out to them, whether they be a via their business, which usually it is, or like I find their personal and be like, Hey, do you own this property? No. Hey, are you the right person that owns the property? Yes. Hey, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I introduce myself. So like sometimes you get, uh, people with the same name. It's a super common name. You have to go through all of them and be like, Okay, I think this is the owner, and then you locate them and get the and get uh, the property service before mm-hmm. the city comes out and finds them. You know, yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> do you do you just like cold knock on the doors when you you know after you've scouted a property? Yeah, yeah, just knock. Yeah, on. I knock on every door, even if it's abandoned. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never want to judge, you know, book by its cover. Uh, because I've had some incident. I'm like, dude, this is abandoned. And you knock, and like some old person answers. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect someone to live here, but. Uh, yeah, just knock all the time, and then if if they answer, just say, "Hey, I noticed that your lawn is overgrown. Would you like me to cut it for free for you?" There's absolutely no catch. I'm a content creator, and I explain to them like I get paid through social media, so that way I don't have to charge you anything, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, I mm-hmm. get paid on, on from my um, income streams by creating the content, and you get a free cut out of it. You know, mm-hmm. I'll edge it up. I'll make it look nice and pristine. And also, so the city doesn't stay on your back and, yeah, yeah. and hover over you and give you tickets. Do, do you, so, um, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, that's kind of the process. Okay. So do you, um, have any pushback from people in terms of like their, um, address being visible, uh, in shots or license plates or things like that. Have you had any encounters of people, you know, being concerned about stuff like that, or do you take special precautions for that? Sometimes people say like, Hey, would you blur out? You know, I don't want to be on film. Like usually that's the case. So like, I'm camera shy. I'm like, I don't, I don't need you to be in it. You know, I don't do interactions. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you step out, you know, I'll blur you out or something like that if you accidentally come out while I'm doing the work, like I'll blur you out and stuff. Mm-hmm. I keep their privacy very like top, top notch, like yeah, high yeah. level. Yeah. I, I respect their privacy. And so I say, you know, I'll, I'll blur out your license plates. I'll blur out your home numbers and I'll blur you out. Mm-hmm. And some people don't care. Like they'll say, I oh, don't worry about it. You know, if it's too much, yeah, yeah. Uh, cause you're already saying that you're going to do it for free. So they're yeah, like, yeah. So, you know, it's okay. You know, you don't have to do that, but um, some people, yeah, do care about their privacy like a yeah. lot. You know, like I don't want anyone to know I live here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know why, but okay. <laughs> yeah. do, do you take any special precautions? I could, I could take a big guess. Yeah. Do you take any uh, special precautions in terms of uh, like walking the property first? Because like my experience is when you get a property like that, you know, when I've done them in the past, there's always junk in the lawn. <laughs> somewhere and it's like you don't want to be hitting that with your mowers and stuff like that have you had any um issues with that and uh or do you like walk the property first or, or what's your normal uh sort of um way that you go about that so yes i have bent many blades <laughs> <laughs> but i try to walk the property as best as i can prior to any service it's just like you know Filming or not filming, when you're cutting overgrown lawn, you just never know what's hiding yeah. in that tall grass. So you have to walk the property, boom, you'll find a iron rod or yeah. a kid's toy or a stuffed animal or dog poop is insane. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you'll find a lot of bombs around around the yard. But, uh, yeah, you definitely walk the property and pick up what you can, and it's never perfect. Sometimes yeah, yeah. you'll be cutting, and it's like, boom, like, what was that? And yeah, you yeah. notice, the, like, your bent your your blade is bent because you hit a huge rock and yeah, you cut yeah. it in half. Unbelievable the amount of power these mowers have. But. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the um uh, in terms of finding properties and stuff, have you ever thought about um, approaching? Because you mentioned like you know before the city comes out and stuff like that. Have you ever thought about like approaching maybe the city and the the city bylaw officers and stuff like that and just saying hey, 
here's my information. You guys can pass it on to these houses if you guys are getting calls uh, for like overgrown and just, you know, whatever you think, like pass on my information. They can contact me and, you know, I'll, I'll as a, like a last resort. If they, if they are encountering maybe people that are like elderly and, and there's a, a legitimate reason or whatever the case may be that they're not mowing their lawn or they can't afford it or something like that, that the bylaw officer can maybe like be like, hey, call this guy. You know, we've got a kind of the down low that he'll come and do this for free. I definitely have thought about that many times. And this year, well, actually, it would be starting this spring, is when I want to do that. Um, the reason why I didn't want to do it this year is just because I, I couldn't figure out, like, if I were to, how would I, how would I tell them, like, this is legit? Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I do for a living. And also, see, the thing is, I can't just go and, you know, accept it but then them the the homeowner being like i don't want you to record yeah yeah you know and that's a big problem for oh me yeah, because yeah, yeah now i'm not getting paid yeah yeah so i have to like approach the city and tell them like specifically like the only way i'm able to do this for free is is by recording myself working yeah, yeah. but i keep privacy you know uh i keep the privacy of the homeowner and i won't show any of that yeah so i just i just never got the the approach in my head or mm-hmm. like figured out in my head to how I could um, offer this to the city. Mm-hmm. But now I think I've got it figured out. And now like this, this coming spring, I'm going to call them and just, you know, introduce myself, introduce what I do and just explain to them exactly. Like it's got to be filmed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean that they're going to call you every single time because now you're actually, you know, eating into the city's pockets, basically, you know, you're, they're not going to find as many people yeah, yeah. So around. I guess, yeah, I guess it depends, the on the, it depends on their perspective. They're actually going to be losing money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess it all depends on who, you know, who's running the show over there. You know, are they, are they greedy? Are they money hungry? Yeah, yeah. Um, or do they actually care about the community and want something like a change? Um, do they actually care about change and do they care about someone with the, uh, uh, with the, um, uh, I'm losing my I'm losing my words right now, but uh, someone that's kind of in my boat, yeah, and yeah, doing the thing I'm doing, yeah, you know, so yeah, that's that's very cool. I noticed uh, that uh, on one of your um, your popular video lists, you've got a video that's hit 10 million views. That's pretty nuts to think about. It's uh, it's it's interesting because that kind of content I don't do a lot. And what I mean by that is the, not the type of content, the style that I, that I kind of created. That was a video that 10 million view video. I think it's like 10 or 11 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, uh, very different from my regular content that I upload. And what I mean by that is I took the same video and sped it up even more like four X and I've already two X basically all my videos. Mm-hmm. So it's like an 8x version of a complete makeover that I did, but I didn't, I muted the whole video and I added these tracks, okay. like these very relaxing, ambient music to the background. And apparently they were so perfect that the video just exploded. Mm-hmm. And people were like, I literally watch this when I go to bed. That's how like <laughs> relaxing and satisfying is like, it, it puts me to sleep. Yeah, that's yeah. how perfect it was. So it was just 
I, I didn't, again, I didn't expect it to perform that well, but it outperformed my original video, which is really interesting. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you figured that out. I've had people say uh, the same thing about my podcast, that it puts them to sleep, but I don't think it was a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> so, uh, oh, no. the last thing I wanted to touch on um, was uh, you've got a members-only section now uh, on your YouTube channel uh, as well. Uh, that's a feature that uh, has uh, been, I think, rolled out just recently, the last year or so on YouTube, maybe longer. Um, uh, so, uh, what uh, what sort of content uh, are you sharing there that's different from um, the regular stuff that you're putting on your other channels? You know, it's really not any much different. I just took my older videos like small engine repair and just videos that essentially underperformed and I made a members only. I have put a video out there that I've not released to anybody else except members only. Okay. And it was an actual complete makeover. Okay. Um, but to be honest, I think I'm going to get out of that. Okay. Um, I had a subscription style thing on Instagram and that didn't do any, any well, but I feel like I would have to like double my content if I want to take that seriously. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I enabled it because it was a feature. It was like an extra income stream for, okay, yep. for YouTube. Yep. They, they offered it and I'm like, why not? Yeah. You know, experimenting. Let's, let's try it out. Yeah. Yeah. Experimenting. So a lot of people, they don't even become a member to watch the, the exclusive content. They just want to support my channel, yeah, yeah. You know, and they'll pay. They'll they're basically like, in in their in their words, you know, so they're like, I just want to donate you on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. So how can I do that? Like, yeah, well, yeah. I have a membership on YouTube that uh, charges you five dollars a month, like yeah, a subscription. Yeah. Like, that's perfect, you know. Yeah. And they'll they'll choose to do it that way, but they could care less about any of the perks that come with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen so, you know. It's interesting that you say that because I, I, with the podcast, I've had people do that um, on like a yearly basis. Uh, in one one person in particular, he's like does it once a year, uh, where he just sends me a PayPal like donation and says, "Here's my." And like he'll quote unquote subscription for the year sort of thing, and he's just doing it out of his own will, like because like I get so yeah. much value from your your stuff, right? I want to, uh, you know, buy you lunch or contribute or whatever the case may be. Here's my yearly uh, donation sort of thing, right? Um, so it's yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I can I can definitely. see that with the members only that people like even the, if it's um, some similar content and stuff like that that they would just want to join just to because of the value that they get. Um, you know? Yeah. And I've never had anybody reach out and say, Oh, your perks are terrible or, Oh, your exclusive videos aren't even worth the fight. I've had nobody say that to me. So there, there's been zero complaints about that. So yeah, I think a lot of people are just like, we just want to help you out. We just mm -hmm. want to support you with a monthly donation. Awesome. So one uh, last question for you um, is one that a lot of content creators and people starting getting into it uh, will at some point um, get into, and that is haters online, uh, nasty comments, mm. things like that. Um, so how do you uh, manage that? Because obviously with a channel your size, there's got to be uh, quite a bit uh, coming through for whatever reason. Um, how would you handle that? You got to look at haters as fuel for your channel. They only benefit uh, your growth. They mm -hmm. only help. They only contribute to the growth of your video growth 
uh, well, to the success of your video, not to the growth of your channel, but to the success of that video. But I guess actually it could help the growth of your channel because it could um, bump the algorithm and now it'll broadcast that video to other people because so many people put hateful comments, you know, in the comment section. They're actually leaving comments, right? They're taking that time yeah, yeah. to type out or click out a, uh, a piece of text and leave it on your video, yeah. whatever text that might be. That's what helps your video grow. Right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but that took a while for me to figure out. So yeah, in the beginning, <laughs> you know, it would upset me to mm -hmm. see those comments. It would really bring me down and I'd be like, Oh, you know, they'd be like, Oh, you cut grass. You cut it way too short. Oh, you did this wrong. Oh, you did that wrong. And it's like, Oh, I must just be a loser. You know, I must just not know how to cut grass. Um, and then eventually, you know, well, actually in the beginning it was probably like 99% positive comments. And then that always that one percenter, you know, always those few comments that would be nasty. Um, and that would kind of bring me down. But then of course I kind of quickly figured out that, uh, 99% of the people like to watch the video. There was, if, if it was like flipped around, then there would be something wrong, mm -hmm. you know, and I'd have to really consider, uh, you know, uh, doing, I must be doing something wrong. So I'd mm -hmm. have to reconsider doing it differently. Uh, so yeah, right now, like I get hundreds of comments every single day mm -hmm. from all these platforms combined, and I really can't keep track of them all. Um, but the good thing about some of these platforms is they'll have filters. Okay. Yeah. So if it's a really, really nasty one, they'll, it'll YouTube in general, would actually hide the comment and not let you see it yeah. unless you want to manually see it. Yeah, yeah. So, and, like, when you go on those, like, those are, like, I mean, filled with cuss words and stuff like that. And, like, what's this guy's deal? Like, yeah, yeah. he must be drunk. He must, be, yeah, must have a demon inside of him or something. Yeah, some, something's not People right. are crazy, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I don't even ignore those people, man. Like, or I don't, I just ignore those people ignore those comments and just look at all the positivity look at the top comment yeah, whatever yeah. the top comment okay. is that's what majority of people think about your content yeah 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 no that's a that's a good point i uh, uh have uh, like a lot of stuff there that you mentioned there uh, that when you get a, a comment stuff like that you're you're human it's gonna um uh make you you know, upset at first and stuff, like you said, um, I used to get, uh, well, I still get all the time. Um, and you mentioned this as well, when you first started making videos, the ums and the ahs and stuff like that, when you're talking, I do that all the time. Uh, you know, and I try to get better at that and stuff like that, but it, it always shows up. And a lot of times it's just my, you know, the thinking in the video or the podcast, it's just like a brain fart. Sometimes you're kind of thinking how to craft the word or whatever the case may be. And it comes across as an um or ah or something. And I used to get really, uh, you know, upset about people always pointing that out and not seeing the value in the video, the, the information instead, uh, where other people would be commenting positively on stuff and, and, and seeing the value. Right. So I was like, well, obviously there's people are seeing the value, but these, other group of people are just focusing in on this one thing. And then I started watching, uh, some of these shorts started coming across my, um, phone for a guy named Wrangler star. Have you seen him or heard of him? Yeah. Yeah. So I started noticing that he, uh, purposely will say things to kind of poke the bear in his videos. At first I didn't get it. 
I thought he was just being a tool in his videos. But then I started to see that I started reading some of the comments and people were like, well played, sir. And you know how, you know, how for, right. And he, he always says things like, you know, he'll be doing like a chop and firewood video or something. And he's like, this is how we do it on the West coast. Not, not like you East coast pansies or something like that. Right. And he's trying to uh, get people to comment because like you said, YouTube doesn't care what the comment is. They just care that the people are interacting and that's going to, push the exactly. so i started to think about all those people because i used to sometimes delete bad comments and stuff like that and i'm like oh man like maybe the ums and the ahs and stuff that i keep getting comments over and over again on maybe that's my superpower <laughs> just like they are contributing to the success just just exactly. just leave it in there don't worry about it right do your best to to make it better and stuff like that but don't um, overthink it and stuff like that and, and try to, to do anything like that. So, um, yeah, interesting uh, to kind of go through that uh, and uh, hear your perspective on the haters because if you're going to put stuff out there, um, that is unfortunately um, part of uh, what comes along with it uh, is that, uh, yes, you get lots of positive and, and uh, you know, comments from people where you've helped out and changed, you know, aspects of their life or whatever the case may be. And, but then you're going to get the other stuff, um, from people that are jealous or whatever the case may be, or, or just, you know, don't like you for whatever reason. So, uh, or they're having a bad day. <laughs> and, yeah, just... and I want to mention something too. Uh, when you're doing something, if you're, if you're creating a content and you have the mindset of, well, I'm going to do something on purpose, to make people engage, you want to be careful with that mentality because if you have that mentality with every single piece of content that you make, people will probably just think you're an idiot. Yeah, you know, yeah. like uh, you forget to trim one bush and you leave it, and people are like, "Oh, you forgot to trim that bush," and then you do it every single time. People actually think that you something's wrong with you. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with maybe that's good for you. I don't know. Maybe you want people to think that you're dumb. Yeah, that, yeah. That's all up to you. But I would never want to think. I, 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 you want to be presentable. You want to be professional or p professional online, professional and presentable. So that way people know like, Hey, it was just on purpose or Hey, it was honestly just an accident. And it engaged all these keyboard warriors, you know, on accident. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you gotta be careful. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you so much for uh, taking time out uh, to uh, come onto the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Yes, sir, Julio. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on. So uh, where can people find you online? Any platform that you're on, excluding Snapchat. But I don't like them. I feel like they're tracking me. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, which all these other platforms probably have some kind of tracking system. Anyways, um, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Phil's Lawn Care. Phil's Lawn Care Plus. Even Phil's Volunteer Shorts on YouTube, you can find me uh, on any of those platforms. Also, if you want to email me, I guess I'll throw in my email. It's philslawn at gmail.com if you have any questions. Um, I also have a podcast called The Thing Green Podcast. Try to do at least one upload there a week. And that's just that podcast just revolving around content creation, lawn care, personal life, whatever it might be that day. That's what it is. So. Yeah. I've I've been listening to the podcast. I really enjoy it uh, while I'm the, out there mowing and working and stuff. Just kind of listening, just because I like uh, say too, I geek out on the the content creation part of it. So it's kind of fun hearing uh, sort of that um, 
perspective from you uh, each week on what's going on and things that you're working on and and things like that. So uh, that's been uh, enjoyable uh, to listen to. Uh, so, uh, hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. So, thanks again uh, for coming on. So, uh, there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that uh, value-packed uh, interview episode with Phil Churkin from Phil's Lawn Care. Make sure you guys head on over to uh, those social media platforms that he talked about and go check out his content if you uh, haven't uh, seen it already. So, uh, that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now. <laughs>